values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, appreciate you spending some time with the show. If you're out here, out of the WM uh, Phoenix Open, if you're heading that way or out for the Super Bowl and the NFL experience, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it here at KTAR and from the Valley as a whole. Thanks for coming. Uh, spend a lot of money. We're happy about that anytime you're here. Uh, education is a big topic on this show. I talk about it often. I'm critical of what happens in Arizona quite a bit, and there's a lot to be critical of. Test scores have been very, very low. They've dropped during the pandemic even further. We are letting our children down. They are not reading at grade level. They're not performing math skills at grade level. It is a huge problem. One group screams it's funding. The other group screams we're not giving you more money until you can prove to us we're going to get better results. And what we end up seeing is nothing getting done. So a story that was uh, came out earlier this week is is interesting. It's about the Buckeye Elementary School District out in the far west valley. Um, the town of Buckeye at one point, I don't know if they're holding on to this, but at one point within the last 12 months or 18 months, the town of Buckeye was the fastest growing town in the country. And it is growing by leaps and bounds. It's been kind of a sleepy farm community for years way out in the far west valley, but it is growing and growing and growing. And so what interested me about this story was two things. Number one, massive improvement in education, uh, in testing scores for kids. They are seeing better results. Kids are reading much better. Kids are performing math skills much better. And the other is, very selfishly, my kids and my grandkids live in Buckeye. Um, So this is their school district. So we had Mike Lee, an assistant superintendent, and Dr. Montoya, uh, Araceli Montoya. She is the head of a program, the executive director of a project Momentum at the Buckeye Elementary School District and had them on talking about this topic. But it's a more comprehensive discussion. We understand, at least most people understand, that COVID-19 started a battle. Because many parents made the assumption that the school system teaches the way each parent expects a school system to teach. And when parents began to see some of the things, this isn't an Arizona thing, this is nationally. What some of the public schools were doing, parents thought it was out of bounds with what that teacher should be teaching, a political opinion. Um, and when that political opinion – and I, to be fair, I want you to think about this. If you are somebody that doesn't see a major problem with a lot of what's happened, I want you to look at the other side of it because I often do. Um, and so I'll give you an example. When there was a teacher, I believe it was a math teacher or an art teacher that went on a rant in front on on video and into their class to the kids in their class this teacher he was uh, lamenting what a horrible human being and what a criminal President Trump was and there are many people that agree with the sentiment so they didn't mind the message but I thought well what if that same what if another teacher in the same position was now doing that about uh, Joe Biden and talking about Hunter Biden and his laptop and you would say what do you what does that have to do with the the subject matter Uh, when you have a teacher that that has replaced in her class and she put up a video bragging about it that she replaced the American flag in her class with a pride flag and had the students pledge to that and thought it was funny well people thought it was not a big deal that's harmless. What's it? Don't overreact. And I thought, okay, well, what if it was the Gadsden flag? You know, don't tread on me. What if it was a Trump flag? You know, what if it was an FJB flag? 
Uh, so again, you have to remember it's context. It's what the situation dictates. So not to get too far in the weeds with that, parents are concerned with how and what their, their children were learning in school. And so there's been massive changes. We've seen people in school districts, Scottsdale, Peoria, others in Arizona, where parents said, I'm in, I'm going to run for these seats, and they're kind of changing things. But it was great to put all the politics aside and talk with some people about education in Arizona and what their differences they're making. So I want you to hear uh, just a, a little bit of this. The superintendent in the Buckeye Elementary School District, Mike Lee, talked about needing teachers on board. Anytime you're doing school improvement work, um, it requires a real clear vision about your current reality, recognizing what it is you're doing well or not doing well, mm-hmm. and then being willing to face that reality um, and not hide from it. So taking a look at the data, digging into that data, looking at what it's telling you, what's the story that it's telling you, and where do you begin? So he's absolutely right in saying this. I don't know why I printed this out, but it was something that kind of touched me. Someone I had I had stolen this like everybody else does on social media. And I just posted it up on Facebook looking for comments. And it said, best teacher you'll never forget. You know, who is that for you? And for me, I put Bill Geddes, who was our dean of students at Cypress Lake High School in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, Bill Geddes is still friends. We're still friends on Facebook. We still correspond. But Bill Geddes changed my perspective on educators and education. I thought the guy hated me. Uh, He asked me to leave high school. I was such a bad student. Um, But in the years that followed, he was proud of me and remembered me and remembers everyone he was associated with by name and what they were like in school and what sport they played, their parents' names. He was so engaged and involved in people's lives. I have got about eight pages, eight pages of comments on Facebook of people from all over the country that just gave those teachers names. My algebra teacher, Mrs. Uh, in New Jersey, uh, Mrs. Rory, uh, measure in fifth grade, shop teacher, wrestling coach, Al Hogden. Um, I could go through this list of the different teachers. So if you are an educator out there, um, you know that you've, you have affected people's lives positively, hopefully, but you have a big impact on people's lives and a big responsibility. So the assistant superintendent is 100% right when he says it has to be teacher engagement. Teachers have to buy in. It is, it is critical, and it's true. So Dr. Montoya was talking about the curriculum side of this. Being able to clearly define what should literacy look like in our classrooms and have that be consistent uh, throughout all of our school district. That was one of the pieces that we started to look at. In addition to that, we also started to do the same work around mathematics. Right, so you talked about like thanking your teachers for the work that they did, but there is there is a great importance in having that consistency across uh, a system as a whole. So, again, I'm not a teacher. I don't know anything about the specifics of these curriculums and the changes. But if you're seeing dramatic improvement in elementary school children and their ability to perform math, their ability to read and comprehend what they're reading, it should be celebrated. And if it is really having this much of a positive effect, if the curriculum is really dialed in and everything from the district level to every single classroom and every single school is laser focused on the importance of literacy and math, we see results. And this is what a lot of parents, when you talk about a traditional education, I don't want to go down the road of politics and education. I just want to say when you prioritize math, you prioritize reading, you uh, you are in um, 
sync with the teachers and what's being taught in the classroom of what the goals are and how to get there, you see results. Kids respond. And so I I don't know that this is the magic pill for education. I'm not saying that that is. But what I am saying is you've got one district in the far west valley that should be bragging about the results. And then districts around should be looking at this. Other elementary school districts should be looking at this and saying, how does this in all in part or how does all of this fit with what we do so we can get those results because in the end no matter how you approach education we all want what's best for our children so congratulations to Buckeye if I hope you'll go and listen to the whole interview on the podcast later today because it was a great interview they are very smart people and I just thought some good news in education and the direction it's heading in the far west valley needed to be celebrated a little bit if you're new to the show we do a thing at 1120 called did you hear this it's how we catch you up on the biggest news stories of the headlines of the day. It happens next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Now, there is a lot of news going on right now, and it's time to catch you up on all the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. President Biden gave his State of the Union address last night, and at times the atmosphere became raucous. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant but it's being proposed by individuals. What were your takeaways from last night? Uh, well, the whole thing about Medicare and Medicaid, it's the oldest scare tactic in the book that the Republicans want to get rid of Social Security, Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And that, I, that's just not true. They don't. Uh, they believe in making sure that we honor our promises. But what they do want is to take a look at the best way to secure that future for people that when they get to retirement age. So that part of it was very upsetting to me um, when he When he got the laugh line about uh, when we're going to need oil for another decade, it was really – he didn't mean it as a joke. But that was one of the funniest moments for me too. But uh, overall, I got exactly what I thought we were going to get from the president last night. I thought the speech was what people expected to hear. Now what's the plan moving forward? That's the biggest part of this. While we are seeing tech company layoffs, some sectors of the economy are seeing job gains. Companies have been shedding jobs at a brisk pace as more people head back to work and into brick-and-mortar stores. Boeing is also eliminating about 2,000 finance and HR jobs, but it's hiring 10,000 employees in manufacturing and engineering with demand for planes taking off. Will these new job gains outweigh the losses in the tech industry? We'll find out. Is there an adjustment where people are moving from one industry to another? That's always a question. Or are we going to see a slowdown? The reasons why these layoffs are happening are important. There are some companies saying... We overhired during the pandemic, so this is because of that. Others are when there's a slowdown in the need for that product. Two different situations. I think that's more of the question to ask is, which of it is happening here? Is it a reduction in demand for your product, or is it that you overhired during the pandemic? Because one's a big problem, the other is just a market adjustment. And we're going to see which one is true. 
You're listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to kind of catch you up on all the big stories. ESPN's national correspondent Sal Palantonio joined the show today to discuss the heart of Philadelphia sports fans and how they even stayed with their teams through the worst of times. Philadelphia Phillies baseball team, Major League Baseball team, had 10,000 losses in the 20th century. That's the most of any pro sports franchise in North American history. And yet, the fans came back every year, supported the team with their money, their heart, and their soul. Are you impressed by that show of loyalty? I am. I'm not only impressed by it, I'm envious of it. And what I mean by that is, if you've ever been in a place where there is a culture surrounding a team or sports in general, that builds a community. If uh, I'm envious of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm envious of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys and these markets where the teams are just loved for who they are. I'll give you an example. Here in Arizona, that is the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, people bleed purple in this town, whether they're good or they're not good. It's always better when they're good. But if we could do that as a sports town, if we could develop that culture, that's the kind of stuff that Sal was talking about this morning that I truly am envious of, that when you see these cities that live and die for their teams, that it's part of their culture, it's part of their generations where parents and grandparents are all with their grandkids and this is part of what they do in Green Bay where they will their season tickets to family members. That's the kind of culture I'd love to see here with sports in Arizona and hopefully we're growing in that direction as we have more and more people born and raised here. Today, you were joined by Assistant Superintendent Mike Lee and Executive Director of Project Momentum, Arceli Montoya, about Buckeye Elementary School District's recent academic successes. Montoya explained part of their plan. We also did some additional work with our kids in, in, in that in goal setting, too, so that they clearly understood, this is where I'm at, this is where I need to be, and this is what I need to do to, to be able to, to, to get there. Clarifying that work with our students. How important is it to teach students how to reach their goals? I think it's a phenomenal life lesson. I think that when you give them direction, when you do a real assessment about where you are, it's why I'm not a big fan of participation trophies. Sometimes you have to lose. Sometimes you have to be told you are not anywhere near where you need to be, especially being told you're not anywhere near what you could be. And encourage them that if you take the certain path and a certain course, you can get to those goals. I think it's a great life lesson on all levels of you, especially your education, but all levels of life. I just think it's a great thing. All right, Julia, great job as always with Did You Hear This? And, uh, you know, if it were me, if we were on opposite sides of the glass and I got to pick the topics, because I never know what's coming And Did You Hear This? It's It all comes, you hear it for the first time, I hear it for the first time. Um, that was very nice of you and humble of you not to play the big shout out from Sal Palantonio. Well, I really wasn't expecting that. But it doesn't matter. If it were me, that would be my ringtone. <laughs> if that were me, everybody would have heard that. So that was very cool this morning. If you didn't hear the interview, go back and listen to the interview with Sal Palantonio. He spent the first minute of the interview talking about how great Julia is. It was very sweet of it him. It was very sweet of him, but it shows, again, uh, how much how much you're loved in this business by people that just meet you, and especially me. Great job. Thank so you it was so terrific. much. Um, we're, what we're going to do in a moment is give you an opportunity to hear some more from the president and the State of the Union address. 
It really isn't just about being critical. Believe me, there's a lot of things. If I wanted to set this up to be a laugh fest or a joke fest, you can doctor any, not even doctor it. You can pull it in a certain way that it gets you to your point. I want to talk about the direction that the country is going under this administration and what they believe the right direction is. Do you agree? That's always the question when it comes to the administration. So we're going to play it and we'll ask the questions next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Last night, the President of the United States delivered a State of the Union address to uh, cheers from Democrats and some boos at times from Democrats when he talked about oil. Um, I enjoy the two-party system. I think it's a valuable way to run the government uh, with all due respect to the independents because I think they are just as important. But I think the idea that we do have defined groups that are saying one has said we have to go this direction and the other says we have to go in this direction, it, it makes it balance. It, it, it's it's Checks and balances for both sides. Um, and it also makes you good at fighting for what you believe in because there's a why that has to be sold. You know, there are blind followers or there are people that just don't understand very well, but I trust you. So if you say we have to go left, I'm going to follow you to the left. And if you say we have to go right, I'm going to follow you to the right because I trust you. But there are times when we have to argue about where we're going and we have to argue about why. And in, in a good way, um, the president of the United States yesterday um, made some statements that I w- was curious to me. But I want you to hear before we go back to him, Arizona Congressman Juan Siscomani was uh, asked to give the rebuttal in Spanish. So he joined um, Jim and Jamie this morning on Arizona's Morning News. And this is what he said just about the State of the Union and the border. The president has offered no leadership on this throughout its entire two years and has offered no plan to enhance border security in any way, shape or fashion. So I want you to hear now with that, the president talking about stopping fentanyl at the border. So let's launch a major surge to stop fentanyl production and the sale and trafficking with more drug detection machines, inspection, cargo, stop pills and powder at the border. And it's... What's frustrating about this is being in a border state as we are, we understand the problem better. If you're visiting Arizona, you're not close enough to the border really to see it. It's about four and a half hours away. But at the southern border, towns like Yuma and and Nogales, but Nogales is a port of entry where it's a little more secure. But when you get to the outlying areas, the Tohana Odom Nation, which, which straddles the Mexican border, it actually has their tribal land that goes into Mexico. But, um, people struggling with the, the, Massive number of people that are coming here. Um, I, don't, I haven't told this story recently, but um, because of the Tohono O'odham Nation, because of the the nation, the tribal nation that borders the the Pinal County. Um, borders the northern border of the tribal land. So it's, I think, 87 or 90 miles north of the border is where you get to Pinal County, which would be American land. 
And in that desert, there's an area called the Vico Valley. And in that area, there are signs that have been up for decades. This is not a Biden thing, but they have been up for decades that say, um, do not stop for hitchhikers. Do not pick up unattended packages or abandoned packages. Do not approach abandoned vehicles. This is a known drug trafficking corridor, and they don't want you getting shot by the cartels. Those signs exist in Arizona. This is a little flavor for the people that are visiting here. Um, It is a real issue and has been for a while, but it's never been worse than it is under this president. And instead of us taking a real look at what the solutions are, talking points about, you know, hey, sign this to get more of that. And as if this president has been working on this, they have not. This administration has failed border states and the entire nation with their policies on the border. And all of us collectively, especially if you're on that side of the aisle, should be upset. So yesterday I was confused about the guy that climbed the building in downtown Phoenix. I thought he was a pro-choice advocate. It turns out he's a pro-life advocate that climbed a building for awareness for some organization called Let Them Live. And I ripped him yesterday as being a self-serving guy because he just drew attention to himself. He didn't draw any attention to his cause. But to find out that he's pro, pro-life, like I am, made it even worse for me. Not better. It made it worse. I'm not going to – I'm certainly not going to back off my statement that this guy did nothing to, to further his cause, that this guy really what he did was damage his cause by doing something so stupid and uh, taking resources away in the form of first responders that were there in case there was a real emergency while this guy climbed a building in the name of pro-life is, is infuriating to me. And it made it worse for me. That this is a guy that agrees with me. He's supposed to be on my side of this conversation. That makes it that makes me more angry. And I'm saying to people on the in the president's side of the aisle, you should be more upset about what's going on because he represents you. And if we did that together, if we said right is right and wrong is wrong, there's plenty of time for right and left. This is right and wrong. We'd be much better off. Um, so then uh, Congressman Siskamani talked about Social Security and the comment made by the president that Republicans want to end Social Security and Medicare. That's not on the table. And I think uh, finally it was clear last night. I think we all saw it. And, and there seemed to be some, some gl- glimpse of agreement there between both sides that, that that's going to be the case. And. Because of the politics of this, and that's you know it is a political statement, and this is part of the part of the ceremony. Um, I was I was able to I was really it was most fortunate as far as the things I've been able had the good fortune of doing. One of them was attending a State of the Union address. I, I attended one of the State of the Union addresses when uh, President Obama was president. I sat about I sat in the same row, but about ten or fifteen seats from the First Lady in the gallery. And if you've never been to D.C into the House of Representatives and the House Chamber, the room is much smaller than you would think it would be watching it on TV. Even though I was up in the gallery two or three rows from the rail, um, if I were to shout out at the president, he could have made eye contact with me. It's not a big room um, or it's not as big. It's not as big as you might see on TV. It's smaller. Um, But I loved the Americanism in it, the pageantry, uh, the introduction of the Supreme Court and welcoming in the Senate and then the president and all three branches of government being in the same room. I I like that about us. But part of it is um, it's for show. 
In other words, if you are, we have a Democrat president. So if you're a Democrat, when the president makes a statement that you agree with on whatever the topic is, whether it's oil or taxes, whatever it is, your job during that time is to jump to your feet and cheer like crazy. And then when something happens on the other side of the aisle, which happens at times, the Republicans do the same thing. So at the very beginning, when the president is introduced, and I believe it's a sergeant at arms, introduces the president of the United States. United States. The, the entire room jumps up and applauds and the president makes his way in and he shakes hands. It's all part of the ceremony and the showmanship of this. Then the president is introduced and I'm proud to introduce the president of the United States and they jump to their feet again. It's all part of the presentation. It's not fake. It's just how you do it. Under normal circumstances, you don't see that kind of enthusiasm. And then the president stands at the podium and he listens to the applause for 60 seconds and then everybody sits down and he says the State of the Union is strong. They all say it. Everybody jumps to their feet again. But what it all boils down to is this is a president, from my personal perspective, this is a president that promised that even though he's a Democrat, he is going to be a president for all Americans. And he has been very partisan, very critical of Republicans. I will tell you it's a lie to say that Republicans want to get rid of Medicare and get rid of Social Security. That is not the truth. And he knows it. He knows it. So to say that you are going to be a president for all people and make that a cornerstone of your campaign and then to do that was upsetting to a lot of people. And so moving forward, what direction will we take? I talked education a little earlier, and I think it's important that you hear a little bit more of what the education experts from Buckeye had to say about the vast improvement in Buckeye's elementary school district. So we'll do that before we close out the show coming up here in just a moment. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here, and a big welcome to everybody that's visiting the Valley of the Sun for either the WM Phoenix Open or the Super Bowl. Um, the average ticket prices to attend the 2023 Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, in Greater Phoenix is hovering around $9,000. That's the average cost for a ticket. In the arena, the average booked rate in Glendale in advance of the Super Bowl weekend was seven hundred forty dollars a night. And the uh, this compared to last weekend, travelers could book short term rentals for two hundred twenty five dollars a night. Um, that's just in the Glendale area. The reason why I bring this up is there's a story in The Wall Street Journal about how much will it cost to stay in the Phoenix area for the Super Bowl weekend, much more than the previous weekend. Uh, but it's supply and demand. And for the people that came out here, um, it is a lot of money to be in the Valley of the Sun for the Super Bowl or for the WM Phoenix Open. But one of the hopes that we have being the host city and the host, I say Valley because the game is in Glendale, the parties are in Phoenix and Scottsdale and other places. You've got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are staying in Scottsdale. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles staying in Phoenix, actually staying on tribal land, staying at Wild Horse Pass. And so um, everybody in this valley is involved in this and we're hoping that you have a great experience. I mean that sincerely. That we, uh, I, I do, I moved here 28 years ago 
I came here for the first time 30 years ago and fell in love with Arizona. And I hope you love it, too. Um, it's just a great place to live. Um, a different approach to education. I talked about this earlier, and we had a, uh, a two guests on the show that were terrific. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Araceli Montoya, who is the executive director of a program called Momentum. And Mike Lee, who is the assistant superintendent. But I started off talking about this. I have eight pages in front of me. I posted something. Now, I'm 55 years old. 55. So it was a long time ago. I graduated from high school in 1985. Um, And it's something somebody posted, and I reposted it. It says, the best teacher you'll never forget. And I've got eight pages of comments from people of age groups, uh, uh, different age groups, and all over the country. And the comments are staggering to me because it's the same sentiment, what they've done for you. Um, uh, Mrs. Battle, first grade, Cape Elementary, that's uh, where I'm from. Uh, Mr. Geddes, a close second. Bill Geddes is the person that I listed on mine. And these are many of the people I grew up with. But there's a bunch here um, uh, from Phoenix here. Uh, it's a toss-up between Palomino, uh, Miss Ratcliffe, and Paradise Valley, uh, Miss Shack. Um, it said uh, it's been 48 years since they've seen this teacher. Deer Valley High School, Jimmy Allen uh, was what one person wrote. Mr. Westberg, and the list goes on and on. Because I think we all remember how teachers influenced us in a positive way, and that's what we all want. As adults now, we look at our children, and we want for them the same experience. We don't want teachers telling children what to think. We want children, teachers teaching children how to think and create critical thinkers and memories through that. And these educators, uh, Mr. Lee and, and, and Dr. Montoya, um, a lot of really good information about what they're doing in Buckeye that have really elevated the assessment tests and what they're seeing in the abilities of reading and math for elementary school students. And with all due respect to the high schools, and I, you know, I was not a good student in high school, you truly are given everything you need to, to thrive throughout the rest of your life when you're given a good elementary education. Up until third grade, you learn to read. After third grade, you read to learn. The better you can read, the better you can learn, the better you could be at any point in your life when you take it seriously. Um, so we talked with Dr. Montoya, and and, doc, and and I don't know if he's Dr. Lee or not, but um, I gave him a promotion and called him the, the superintendent. He's the assistant superintendent, and a thank you for them coming on. I would say to other school districts, maybe this is a time for you to look at what other districts that are being successful in math and reading assessment and see what they're doing. And we can all learn from each other. We all want the same thing. All right, if you're new and have not heard me say this before, if you're a social media user, you can follow me at BroomheadKTAR on Twitter. At Broomhead Show updates you on guests and things we have on the show. So I invite you to follow both of those accounts. I'd love to interact with you there. Or Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. Those are the best ways to reach out and stay in touch between shows. I certainly do appreciate you being with us. We'll be back tomorrow morning at around 8 a.m. Have a great day until then, everyone. God bless.